What is up? Uh, not much. Uh, it's kind of an early morning, and... Yes, I appreciate your willingness. And, uh, my cat is who knows where, but... <laughs> um, let me know when we're recording. We're recording. <laughs> I love you. All right. Uh, um, I just, uh, not sponsored by this company, but I did actually spring for the, uh, the license on that call recorder just so I could not have to push the keep recording every 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, nice. So how much was that? Uh, 30 bucks. $30? Um, man, Windows, those Windows guys can really rake in the dough. I guess that's what happens. <laughs> but we'll be talking about that today, actually. So, awesome. You can hear me fine, though, and everything, so hopefully we're recording. Yep. Like, can you tell if you can, if the recorder can hear me? Um, yeah, I... Good deal. So let's get started while you're looking into that. Um... My, I've always have an opening question for you every week, and I wanted to know this week, what, what do you like that is seasonal? Is there anything that you like that you look forward to throughout the year, food or drink wise, that is that only is available like in a particular time period? Uh, for me, it is the salted caramel hot chocolate from Starbucks. Is that a particular time it's only available? Yeah, and I wish it wasn't, because I'd get it all year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but then, they, again, it wouldn't be as good, then. Well, no, it's it's that good. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like having sea salt caramel chocolate. Yeah, I think know? I've had one. I'm not positive. I've had something like that. My sister usually keeps a bag of that around, or maybe Eliza does, I don't remember. But, but then it's, you know, just in liquid form, and so... I'll I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'd I'm, say, I'm, like, the I'm other having day, cider this morning like from cider. a yeah cider from a local uh, a local um, orchard and it's like there's just nothing like the real thing. You know what I mean? Like for so many things, it's like and so for the reason why I brought it up. Is I think for uh, the vast majority of my life, like I just did not pay attention to things like that. Maybe I was too focused on other things, but I just I didn't know that it was October, and so in October I should be looking for certain things. Or hey, uh, spice lattes are now available at whatever. Like I just don't remember that kind of stuff. And I'm starting now, I think, as I get older, to take notice of the seasonality of life, and you know that certain beers by certain breweries are available on certain times and not that I didn't know that before but now I kind of look forward to it so I'm like starting to add things to my calendar like I already have in my calendar to get those apple cider donuts again next year nice. <laughs> because I do not want to forget to have those again so that kind of thing yeah I'd say like just in terms of like harps and and other things um recently not so recently but in the past years uh, my family's made homemade um, salsa, just like fresh, fresh from the garden. Everything, chop it up, make salsa, and that's 
you know, you, yeah. you, you can only have that at the end of, you know, once, once you have all the stuff grown. And, and so, you know, that's kind of like a nice end of summer treat. Absolutely. I love salsa. So can we, can we do one thing real quick? Sure. Can we stop this recording and can you, before you do that, can you check to see if there's a lot of echo right now? Cause I don't have my headphones on. I totally forgot. So can you just check that? Yeah. Week. Good. We figured out the recording issue. So, uh, let's do a little bit of follow up first. Um, your, I have listed here. You can have other follow up too, if you have some, but that you've been working on your blog over there. So I see some new, uh, content going up. You have, you had a couple posts this week and then also some, it looks different and so forth. What else did you do? Yeah. Um, you know, I've just been putting up a bunch of pictures and I'm trying to keep my Monday link post going. Um, mm-hmm. and I, there's, there's a few tweaks and things that I've been doing design wise, but, um, I would say the major changes and things will be this next week in terms of how it'll look and I'll be adding back in a sidebar with a couple other features that I'm, I'm, when I picture a personal blog, I I think of Bobby Burgess and, uh, his, his journal and I don't know, don't even know if it's up still, but Bobby Burgess, um, kept this journal from, I think it's like 98 or like 2001 through, and it, and it was like multiple times daily with this, like, just, you know, basically life blogging. Um, but the, the deep interpersonal, like getting into the nitty gritty of, of, relationships and everything. Um, and it was kind of like the, for, for me, it was like, okay, this is, this is somebody that's putting their, you know, kind of like Casey, um, nice dad. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Like that, but in, in blog format earlier, early on. Um, and he, he had like a calendar kind of, uh, like posts for this year with like the numbers you can click on. And I'm sure that's like a a feature I can just like add in WordPress, but yeah. um, Where do you, where, where, where is this guy? I don't know how to spell his last name. Let me see if I can find it. So you kind of want to go that route. Eventually. Yeah, let me... I'm, I'm pulling up this uh, archive.org. So you're, you're, you went to L.A. and back already. Yep, I, I am back from L.A., and yeah. had a fantastic trip. Um, I, I kind of figured, for whatever reason, I kind of imagined that we would be recording this and you'd still be in L.A. I think I, I forgot about that. I want to do the web archive. How are you, how are you doing the, the EXIF information for each of your photos? Are you doing that by yourself like every time? So there's a plugin that I'm using. Oh. And it is... Um, I think it's just EXIF plugin. Yeah. And it, it it's like just a, a short tag, a WordPress yeah. short tag that you add in and it grabs the EXIF yeah. data from, it, it has to be in the, like an uploaded image into WordPress. It won't grab it from something from Flickr or anything like that. But yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's nice. And I'm going to be doing some styling with that. So it shows up how I want it rather than, as a list below, but, 
Um, cool. Good deal. Uh, so, all right. Well, so hopefully people... Kind of as a, as a follow-up um, yeah. to our conversation about Tesla and autonomous driving and all of that, I did get a chance, if, if you saw the early, early version of this post, I had a picture of me in a Tesla. Well, I was taking a picture inside the Tesla, and it was um, doing some semi-autonomous driving um, mm-hmm. for about two blocks. And the conversation with the people in the car was basically that um, this is really cool, but until they get it to be fully autonomous, the average person is not going to be able to like figure out the constraints or understand the constraints of what semi-autonomous is and and like understand the limits of rather than just like turning it on having it go and like the, the example was in LA there's a freeway where there's a left exit mm. and and one time the the driver turned it on and was in stop and go traffic and wasn't paying attention and it just took the left exit mm-hmm. because it was, Oh, this is the lane I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously like, that's like not a huge thing, but to, to say, okay, well now I'm going to have to reroute and get back on the freeway and all of yeah. that. Like it's, it's not quite there yet. And then to understand the limits of, okay, like basically the limits of where, how far it can go and when do you need to be paying attention and not paying attention and all of that. We're not to the point of, okay, just put it in the address and it'll take me there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think they need to get to that point until, until it like becomes huge. But I I think like Tesla and I think a lot of other manufacturers that are going to be putting the technology into the cars before they, like advertise it before they enable it. That way they can just have like, okay, hey, guess what? Our entire fleet autonomous. Every yeah. everybody's car has this ability now. Mm-hmm. I think that that'll be the way going forward. Anyway, just a, just a quick follow up. It was very very cool. Um, you know, Tesla still has that that wow factor of yeah seeing it like out. From the outside as well as on the inside, you know the, the huge touch screens and everything. Um, yeah. Just uh, very, very, very impressive. Yeah, yeah. I've never. I, I, I should get to a Tesla. Maybe what I should do is like you did because you had to go somewhere for business. The next trip I have to take, if I'm anywhere near any uh, a Tesla dealership, I should really go in. I probably will. Okay, so. Uh, this week we've got three topics. Um, I think I'm going to add a fourth uh, if we have time. Um, so we should probably move pretty quick, but because okay. um, I don't know if you have a time limit, but just that uh, I want to add Tesla's solar uh, roofs to the to the mix as well so as like a fourth topic that we'll get to because it was it came out this week and I don't want to wait till next week to talk about it. Um, so first thing we got is uh, we we had this on the list since uh, the first episode we did together, I think, is browsers and, and what you use right now and and all of that. I think um, you have it's kind of an interesting topic for the two of us because I'm kind of a browser loyalist and I'm forced 
to using a particular one that I don't, I probably wouldn't if I didn't have to. And it's very, it's very interesting to have that discussion. And then you use one that, that maybe no one has, not many people that listen to this would ever heard of. So, uh, why don't we start with you though, as far as like what browser you use and stuff. Yeah. My primary browser, um, say on my desktop PC is Vivaldi and, um, it's, a based on Chromium, but I guess a branch of Chromium and, mm-hmm. um, but you know, on its own development branch and everything, um, mm-hmm. you know, forked. And I think it's the best browser on the market right now. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you're on Windows too, right? Just sort of. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Windows, but it's available. I um, downloaded Vivaldi across and the, across the board. I think I downloaded, almost certain I downloaded. Yeah, I have Vivaldi here on the Mac, so maybe I'll open it right now just to, I mean, I, I had I had played with it for about a day. Um, and my, I want to say the thing that I like about it is yeah. the customizable um, UI mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. you can, I guess, rearrange the features how, how you like it, and... If you you know if you don't like one thing one way or another, um, you know you can basically like tweak the UI to be exactly to your liking, mm-hmm. and um, that's I don't know I, I I like to be able to have it customized to be just right rather than like a I don't know like a, a usually with software or hardware it's like okay here's the parts I like and the parts I don't and mm-hmm. you know. If, yeah, if, that's you want, always- if, if, if you want to use it, then you just have to deal with the parts that you don't like. And yeah. um, with Vivaldi, it's like, oh, like oh, I like this browser, but the you know the the closing and opening and you know maximize and minimize icons are on the wrong side of the thing that I'm used to. Oh well, I'll just swap it over. Like you're not you're you're not forced into like some mindset of of UI, and so that's really nice. So. What? Okay, so oh, first, and it's, let's, let's and it's also it's also extraordinarily fast. Yeah, maybe it's because I'm on the Mac. I don't I don't notice like a dramatic difference. I I it could maybe be argued either way um, uh, about how fast it loads the sites that I'm typically used to going to. Let's put it that way. So, like in other words, I anecdotally, without like literally doing <laughs> benchmarks. Um, for me to see whether or not a website would load faster than another website, the only way I can really tell is by going to ones that I typically go to and having them load. And and all of us know that the more you visit a particular site, the more your browser sort of has those pieces already uh, saved onto your local computer. And so it only needs to refresh the stuff that's new. I mean, depending on how the site is built, but by and large, if I go to, like my own website, as an example. Once I go there once, everything's loaded. And so when I go back there again, it, it's very quick to load. Um, and so if I did a benchmark between the two, I think it would be very yeah, difficult I, for I me think, to... I think, like, it's not going to be, like, if you actually benchmarked it. I, I think yeah. most browsers, like, on a you know true apples-to-apples comparison are going to be kind of roughly the same, like, within, you know, milliseconds of each other. Um, yeah. But I think 
the thing that pushed me to Vivaldi was actually on my um, on my MacBook, and I, I think there's just some memory leaks or stuff that in in Chrome related to maybe just having too many tabs open or I, I'm not sure exactly what it what it is, but like I'll like yeah. hit, I'll hit a wall and and I'll be yeah. like oh well time to time to completely restart my browser again. And yeah. So far, I have not had that experience with Vivaldi. Um, That's good. On, on either platform, but you know that may be just a a personal problem dealing with my computer or or the the situation there. But um, Vivaldi um, has has been fantastic in terms of um, That's good. what I use. I, I think you know just because I do a lot of browser testing and stuff, I have all of the other browsers, and I do use them. I want to say on a regular basis, um, but for my you know personal use in blogging and all that stuff, yeah, I'm, I'm using Vivaldi. Yeah. Um, the so yeah, I I think people should for for sure check it out. Like so, the other thing that's nice between the two of us, at least right at the moment, is that your experience on Windows and my experience on Mac could be totally different things. So like Chrome, perhaps the Mac app itself. Uh, not talking about rendering and how quick all that stuff is, because those things I would hope are shared between the platforms. But um, you know, the Mac app might be just better at managing memory, and and the Windows one may not be, or all of the developers at Google may be on Macs and not on a Windows machine, and so you know the Windows or on Unix or whatever or Linux, some Linux distribution, and so something suffers for that. You know what I mean? Like so, if you have you know. All if all of the Chrome developers at Google are on Ubuntu, let's say, uh, then you know for a fact that the Mac app and the Windows app will get slightly less attention in some respects than than the Ubuntu one. Um, it's just the way it is. So maybe that's at play here, where the Vivaldi guys, because I'll say you know pulling up Vivaldi, it feels a little more Windows-ish in its UI even by default, you know. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of neat. So, so my okay. So you like the customizability. Let's stick with you for a couple moments. Um, you like the speed. You like the fact that it customizes that you can customize it. What are you currently customizing about it? Um, I I actually have to go look and see because mm-hmm. I it was one of those like tweak it and then set it and don't remember. Um. I'm looking at the, like, in the settings, and, um, you know, I want, you know, like, I have it set to show the status bar all the time, rather Mm -hmm. than, like, a hover, drop, like, I I don't know if this is, like, standard behavior in Chrome or not, but, like, the status bar, like, comes and goes, and... (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that, like, well, the same thing with Safari. Like, when you get a Mac out of the box and Safari does not show the status bar, and I know I'm a developer, and so I I need that. I, if that's even a I, – I can be that strong with that. Like, it's not like it's a want or a preference. Like, I need to have the status bar so I know what a link uh, – you know, the, the source of that link is and different things. So, well, also, um, like, it's, it's what is your browser doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like – is it connecting? Is it reading? What like what is my browser doing? I'd like to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know. That's that's like a useful thing um, for me. 
Um, Vivaldi has a Redmond theme, which is pretty cool. Let's see. I also like... Um, if I had a lot of tabs open, which happens quite a bit, um, I'm going to do a test of my theory right now with it. Yeah, I think a lot of my customization is dealing with tabs and the mm-hmm. address bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the individual behavior of um, like how that how tabs work. You know, I like to have you know the tabs along the top in the mm-hmm. in the UI above the address bar, and um, you know, not closing when I open up a you know when I say new window, I want it to open up a new window, um, and not you know when I'm closing windows, I don't want it to close everything. If I close the last one, I want it to open up a brand new one. If I just close the browser. Like mm-hmm. th- th- that, that's like a, a Mac versus Windows behavior, where, like, in on, on a Mac, if you close the window, like you still have like, oh, the application is still running. You just close the window, mm-hmm. and on, on Windows, if you accidentally like, oh, X out of it, like that's closing, like you're done. Yeah. So like changing that behavior to you know the behavior that I like. Um, one thing I did notice that I would probably write in about um, to the Vivaldi dudes and ladies is that the screenshots, when you hover a tab, there's a screenshot of the contents of that tab, but only if you had allowed the page to completely load while you were on that active tab. So... As an example, right now, I, I asked it to open maybe 10 or 15 tabs just to test this theory. And the only screenshots that show up so I can see what is on that page are the ones that I had let load completely in the active tab and then switched away from it. So I would say that it would be useless for me to, because right now it doesn't show. Yeah, like I yeah. took a couple screenshots I can share with you. but um, I think that's that's the, so like the standard Chrome behavior of active loading so it's like it won't load a page until you but like, the page is loaded like, like, when like, I, when like I click you can, it, the you page can is loaded. go like you can say open up all these tabs and it will yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how much it like prefetches some but until you click over it doesn't render it yeah well it, it the, in my test just now they're all rendered so just the screenshot's not updating, so it's yeah. I took a screenshot so you could see. Yeah, that's they're cool. all they're all completely loaded now, and the screen. So so there's like you know maybe it's, maybe it's a bug, whatever. But um, yeah, cool. Uh, what does this do? Oh, okay, things I've done in the past. That's nice. That little so trash I, I on on mobile. Um, I think the things that. I mean, I'm on a BlackBerry right now, but and then so I don't have a lot. I mean, there there are options, but I'm I'm just using the default BlackBerry um, browser, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna say the the main function. It may be built into you know Chrome or Safari or you know on on Android or iOS, but like the core thing that 
I, I use in my browser is desktop version. Requests the desktop version of this and like basically force force the site to deliver the desktop experience to my phone because mm-hmm. for whatever reason your mo- your 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 mobile experience sucks and I want the desktop version of your site and for for whatever reason ninety nine percent of the time that works yeah um, and that's fantastic and I, I I don't know if that's you know feature parity across the board, but, um, I, that's, that's a, that's a current pet peeve of mine of people trying to display, um, you know, mobile versions or mm-hmm. try, try to, t- oh, you're, you're on a, you're on a device that has a small screen. We'll, we'll give you a less than satisfactory experience on our website. Mm-hmm. So. Have you ever used, um, well, for you, it'd probably be Control E in Vivaldi. Control E. Um, Did it do anything? I don't think so. It gives you a very spotlight or a quicksilver looking menu that comes up that allows you to quick type into it. That's something that I've never seen in any other browser. Oh, I may have turned that off. Because if you go to tools, yeah, and quick commands, quick that's commands. what that thing is. So it shows you all your tabs. So you can, so I can, you know, on Mac I can hit Command E and then search Bing or whatever. Like that might be. I don't know what other commands are available in that little window, but that's pretty nice. It also has a, the ability to hibernate a tab, so you can right click on it and hibernate it. Which would which deletes, uh, like it kind of closes it, but doesn't close it. <laughs> um, so there are some very un- like they're obviously trying to to do some things that that nobody else is doing. Yeah, I I don't know. I I just uh, I don't know. I I wanted to try a bunch of different browsers, and this is the one that I kind of like landed on. I know um, a friend is. Like completely sold on the new browser that the Opera folks, or the guy, the guy that did Opera for a long time, has a new browser out. <laughs> it's like he he has he has the browser bug and just can't stop going back to making browsers. <laughs> but I, th- I think it's, that one's called Brave or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah. How how about you? What what are you using? Um, right now I'm trying to figure out how to use this notes thing in Vivaldi. Do you know how to do that? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you can, you can, so there's a notes sidebar in Vivaldi. And you can select like a piece of text and right click on it and then hit add note and it'll remember where it came from and the date you saved it and the, the, the piece that you copied. Um, oh yeah. So I don't know if this communicates across platforms as well or, you know, but you know, if I was doing some research on something like, you know, our podcast for the day or whatever, 
and I wanted to throw some notes in together and quickly get between them. Um, it looks like I'd be able to. So that's interesting. Um, it, it's just an interesting, like it's, like it's kind of like saving bookmarks, but with notes on it. I mean, I use Unmark for, for stuff like that, but um, this looks pretty cool. I just pulled up a, a version of Wired, and it's like 15 megabytes for one page. Holy moly, guys. Okay, so for me, um, I have like this, this, I would really like to be able to use Safari on my Mac, but I cannot. And I would say the main reason why I cannot is um, Chrome is better to do development on in a number of ways. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that... It, it seems like they've been doing this over the last few years where, like, one's ahead of the other in that regard. You know, like, all of a sudden, Safari will ship with a, a slightly better web inspector or JavaScript development, you know, piece or this or that. And, and, then, and then Chrome will. Um, so if I had my way, excuse me, I would use Safari on all of my platforms because when I literally pick up my iPad um, and I open Safari, it shows me all the tabs on all of my devices, like my phone and my computer. And I know that Chrome could do the same thing. But the problem is iOS, uh, much to my, like I, I literally have tweeted this many times that I think that the Department of Justice should look into this, even though I like Apple quite a bit and I don't think that they should have to have the paperwork. But I don't understand why we can't choose our own uh, mail uh, client, our own browser, our own calendar uh, uh, application. Um, maybe only certain applications would qualify. Like, in other words, if you were allowed to add yourself to the mix of being the default mail client, I would think that there would be a certain number of things that you have to have so that the system continues to operate the right way. Um, and Do they have... Do they let other mail clients be there? Like, do they, oh, yeah. Okay. Did you yeah, set it for default? You can't set it as your default, and there's tons of mail clients. There's tons of browsers. The browsers have to use WebKit. Um, they, don't, they can't. So Chrome, is on, Chrome and Firefox are both on iOS, but they are using WebKit as their rendering engine because Apple doesn't allow um, code interpolation on the, on the machine. And... I can understand that because, man, that would be that could lead to a, a bunch of headaches. Um, I mean, I probably wouldn't if I was Apple. I probably would let people like Mozilla or you know Google uh, do those things, but maybe not. Maybe maybe they have more reasons than I can think of because I'm not that smart. Well, but I understand like Apple's the one that basically controls like and fixes bugs in WebKit. Mm-hmm. My understanding, like they're the ones, like it may be open source, but they're the ones actually like merging things back in and, and doing the managing. I'm, I may be wrong on that, but mm-hmm. um, and I can understand. Okay, like we're in control of this, um, basically like the core browser rendering the engine, and like they don't want an Internet Explorer situation where they just have, you know, oh we'll let, let any any browser code onto our you know, onto our device and, you know, just have, have exploitations out the wazoo. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can understand that, like saying, okay, this is like the requirements, but to say 
oh, we'll let them in but not be the default, that's... Yeah. That's not cool. Yep. So, that stops me from... Like, in other words, I think right now, because of how far ahead Firefox is on a number of the CSS things that it's able to do... Um, I probably would be using Firefox on everything just because I would be able to experiment with some things like that um, because it would be nice to just be completely interchangeable between all of them. Like, I, it would be nice to be like, oh, well, this week I'm going to use Chrome as my default browser on all my systems and, and my tabs are available on all my devices and my history and everything else. Um, so maybe they'll get there. I don't know. Uh, now, are you on, like, a standard size iPad or... Yeah, so my, my phone is the iPhone SE. My iPad is the Air 2. Um, so it's a 10-inch, whatever, 10-point, whatever, right. 9.7, whatever whatever the normal iPad is. It's not the Pro. They have the, the Mini, which is like the 7-inch one, and then the yeah. standard, what everybody pictures as an iPad, like the 9- or 10-inch yeah. one, and then they have the Pro, which is like yeah. 14 or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm on the the normal one. Um, and so I have Chrome on there. I just can't, and I do use it if I'm testing something, uh, as an example, like when we release a new version of Unmark, I almost always use Chrome in incognito mode because I'm certain that it's not loading something like a past session or whatever. Um, and I think Safari has an incognito mode, but, um, I don't know. I never use it, but, uh, anyway, that, so, I'm kind of like, yeah, right now I'm using Chrome. Um, I will say one other reason why I like to use Chrome. Safari, and I can't figure out how to do this. Maybe there's a P-list item somewhere. Um, It only saves one year of history. What? And, yeah. And when you do it, when you go to the history in Safari and hit show all, it literally to the day shows you only one year. And I can't seem to find a way to have it. I don't know if they're deleting it, um, but I can't imagine any reason to do that because if you think about it, let's you know, let's say it kept all 15 years of me being on a Mac, it still would be like you know only a few hundred thousand websites maybe that I went to, and that's not impossible for it to have. And so I don't know. So that that's like something I, I think Chrome keeps it forever. Let me actually see if that's true. Yeah, I don't know about Chrome, but if you're logged into your Google account, they're they're recording all of your your history. Yeah, they, from, they from, have from the end of, from the beginning of time. Yeah. <laughs> so so right now I'm on Chrome, and um, I'm 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 kind of happy with it. I do like the pin tab thing, um, because I keep unmark as a pin tab, and I keep Feedly as a pin tab, and I keep Forecast, which is like work for the week, and Asana. Because the company I'm working with right now um, uses Asana for task management, so I keep a couple of pinned applications. Uh, so anyway, um, but I'm not that happy. I, I, you can kind of probably kind of tell I'm not like enthused, like oh, I use Chrome and you got to use it, like not like you are with Vivaldi. And I kind of wish I was, but like I said, I would probably use Safari if it wasn't for the fact that Chrome has extensions and and, and yeah. is just more actively developed than Safari is. Okay, so, so um, um, the yeah. the the main thing I wanted to talk about today, and I'm glad yeah. it was topic two, is Microsoft's announcements. 
and mm-hmm. um, and I had not watched Microsoft's demos or anything. I just saw the tweets and and saw people talking about it, and mm-hmm. um, I, m- maybe I saw like a screenshot or something, and I was like, "Oh, cool!" Like that's like I I I didn't really like I was impressed, but not. Not to the level that I am today. After I just watched, like right before we got on this call, I watched the uh, the YouTube video introducing the Service Studio, and you know that added about twenty levels of hype. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like before, Microsoft had been executing on the hardware level, mm-hmm. and. Um, very well. Mm-hmm. The every every iteration of, of the surface has gotten better, and mm-hmm. and become a, like a true iteration of okay, how can we improve this device? Not just oh, we'll put better specs. Oh, we'll you know, it, like fixing the bugs. Like okay, here here are the complaints that people have with it. Fix it. Release a new version. Um, and then with, with this video, I feel like they actually, like, they nail the marketing side of it. Like, they capture the, like, why, like, the, make, make this look like a device that I actually want to use and that people can use and that people do use. And I feel like Microsoft has struggled (laughs) so much with, like, whoever they've been outsourcing their marketing to. Yeah. Or doing it themselves, like, there's, like, okay, who, like, their identity of, like, what can they do, or, like, who who are they? Because they haven't had this really bad image problem of being this big, evil company that squashes other companies, and they still, I mean, they still have that problem. But this, like, nails what they want to be. And mm-hmm. I, I would say... This ad, if you, I mean, if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it because it's like it represents like the direction Microsoft's going. And I could have said, "Hey, if you didn't say this was Microsoft, I would have said ten years ago or eight years ago, this is this is an, an Apple product, right? Right. Like they they nailed the design, they nailed the marketing, they nailed the aesthetics of it, like." They're, they're executing on all levels, mm-hmm. and like my my first my first reaction was that because you know just because of <laughs> how I am. But this is my second reaction is I want to go try this out. Yeah. Like, I'm, are they in, are they in the Microsoft Store right now that I can go try it? How or, far are you from a Microsoft Store? Do you know? Or or Best Buy or something? Um, I don't. I don't know how far I am from Microsoft right now. Um, in Utah, there's one like in the main mall, but um, yeah, there's. I'm, I'm probably like 15 minutes away from from a Best Buy that has you know a huge Microsoft Surface section demo area kind of kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So I think it probably goes without saying that you that you know that I would have a lot to say about this. 
<laughs> uh, if you've been following me on Twitter lately, I've literally have tweeted probably more in the last week than I have in, in a year, maybe. I don't even know. But um, yeah, whatever. There's, there's, <laughs> there's like so much that I just want to like spew out, but so I, I do have, to, I, I, I want to, I, I do want to say just to close out that thought is yeah, that, is yeah. that um, I don't, I think that Apple, like this is my, my core thesis is Apple is the new Sony. Okay. And Sony, in my mind, as growing up, is Sony is like the top premium consumer electronics company. They make the best TVs, the best MP3 players, the best CD players. Um, you know, and this this was in the nineties, and you know, there was no iPod or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and. And they they made the best of those devices, but if you said, "Hey, I I just uh, I just got a, a Sony laptop," I would have laughed at you. <laughs> yeah, well, remember they made the BIOS, and and I, I don't know if that was like a partnership with somebody, but um, you know, it, those, they were very very poor devices, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk that back. They they were okay. Yeah. They, they're like deeply flawed in design, in marketing, in you know across the board. There was there's problems. Did you know that the Sony Vio was the first PC to run Mac OS? Really? The um, you could probably go look up this story, but when when Jobs kind of said, "How long would it take us to get uh, you know Mac OS from the current architecture on top of the the processors that they were using then, the ones that are in the Xbox now, the PowerPC, um, how do we get this over to Intel? And they went to a, like, <laughs> like a Best Buy and bought a Sony Vio, brought it back, and I think, I don't know, this might be legend, um, but I think there is actually an article about it somewhere, but that it was like a week uh, or less, and and they had it all, or a weekend maybe, and had it all running on a Sony Vio. So, and that they then got on a plane with that Sony Vio and like went to Japan and showed it to Sony, and and were very close to like allowing the licensing of Mac OS to to PC manufacturers. Would have been a different world. It would have been a different world. I don't know that it would have been better or worse or anything, but it, it would have been different. Definitely, definitely different. Yeah. So okay. So this, I agree with you. Like, they, they oh, so, are so, so that they, Apple's they, losing their way. They're, they're they're not Apple computer anymore. And for people that grew up with Apple, that was Apple computer, um, mm-hmm. whether you liked Apple or not. Like that's that's the Apple that I knew. And Apple now is Sony. Apple is a yeah. consumer electronics company. They sell tablets and they sell iPhones and they sell. You know, they, they sell phones, MP3 players, and and, and tablets. They, the, their focus and what they work on and is, is not about computers. It's not about software for creatives. It's like all of that is out the window. They're not Apple Computer anymore. They're Apple, the consumer electronics company. Yeah. Um, and I think that is, it, for, for me, it's hurting them. 
I think it's hurting them. And, and it's hurting them on the, the, the thing I use the most of theirs, which is the computer. It's, you know, uh, yeah, I have an iPhone and I love it. There's no, uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, but if I'm going to continue to use their computers, they need to also care about that computer, you know? So the, I went last night, I went to see the service book and, um, when I saw windows 10, the very first time I was impressed with a few different things. One was that they seemed to have made windows a lot more modern and it, 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 it was quick and a few of the things that windows just never really had. Then when they decided to say that they were going to have one operating system for all platforms, they said the words, but they didn't actually execute on it. They, but, but I wanted that to be the reality. Like I would like Apple to do the same thing too, where eventually your devices run all the same stuff and you just plug into different size screens. We talked about that when we talk about VR and stuff, which I think we're going to get into VR one of these episodes, but where I feel like all consumers are buying at this point are different sized screens for the same stuff. Everybody's watching YouTube. Everybody's watching Netflix. Everybody's watching Amazon. They're listening to music. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're making documents. They're checking their email, but they're all doing them on different size screens. And so all per people are doing right now is purchasing the screen size. Um, so if you're if you're an Apple if you're an Apple enthusiast, you say, well, you know, I when I sit on my couch, I want to use my Mac. Uh, some people do that, and some people you know use an iPad. Some people use an iPhone, and you just use use that size of screen for that particular task or that particular context. When I'm at work, I want to use a 27 inch monitor, but you plug your MacBook into it, <laughs> you know. Um, but imagine if my iPhone SE was everything that I do, and I just plugged it into a, a screen that's 15-inch when I'm on the go and a screen that's 27-inch when I'm at my computer. And Windows does that. Um, the Windows phones that are out now, uh, even though I think they're giving up on them, which I hate that. That really bothers me. But that you can plug them into a thing and plug them into a monitor and use Windows in tablet mode or whatever. And it is awesome. And so when I went and saw the Surface last night, um, I'm really, really, really impressed with the Surface Book. The Surface Book, and I, I understand the Surface Studio for illustrators and things like that would be phenomenal, but I don't like to have a machine that is sitting on a desk and, and, and I have to be at that desk. I use my MacBook in coffee shops. I use my MacBook at co-working spaces. I use my MacBook all over the place. So for me to have a fixed, like I, otherwise I would have an iMac or something and whatever. But so the service book is like, I, I'm, I, it comes out on the 10th of November. I'm 80% certain I'm buying one and I'm probably 75% certain that I'll switch completely to it, which is, this is coming from somebody that for the last 14 years has bought Macs every two years. So that's, that's big. It's that's huge. huge for, it's huge for me. And and if and if there's, you know, if if Apple sells five million devices a, a quarter, five million Macintoshes a quarter, roughly. Uh, I think last quarter was like four point something, but they just released new ones. So let's say they'll they'll sell a little bit more. They'll sell five or six million this quarter. Um, 
let's say that people are like me and they looked at the new MacBooks that just came out with the touch bar and a very, very slight update in all of the internals. By and large, it's the same machine with a touch bar. Um, I, it doesn't impress me. I don't care about the touch bar. The touch bar is interesting in very particular context, but since I was 14, I haven't had to look down at the keyboard. And why would I want to buy a keyboard that I have to look down at to see what's switching? <laughs> uh, you know, which sounds stupid, and I know that I haven't used it, so I, I really should withhold judgment. I, I really should. I should 100% use one a little bit. And even in the store, like I was using the service book last night. Uh, in the store I was in, it does not allow you to open the command prompt. And so I can't really use a Surface Book either in the store. So I, I know that even with a Macintosh, you can't really use it. You can just click on a few things, open GarageBand or whatever the heck, but you can't really use it. Um, to know whether you like it or not, you got to bring it home and load all your stuff on it and everything. But um, I, I think that if, if, if they sell $5 million a quarter and there are any percentage of people like me that buy every Mac, you know, every time they need a new computer, they get a Mac – if any of them buy a Surface, as a result of them going out with, because you know it's not going to be just one quarter that they have these new MacBooks out, it's going to be at least two. So they might lose ten, you know, they might lose two or three million customers. But you don't just lose two, three million customers on one purchase. You lose two or three million customers on all the apps they buy. You lose two or three million customers on the five years that they'll have that new piece of hardware. You know what I mean? Like that's humongous. Yeah. And I, I think with the Surface, and I, I think this is like the, you know, why Microsoft got into hardware is they realized that tablets are here to stay, but but the people don't, like, like you said, they want the same experience on their tablet as their computer. And maybe their tablet is their only computer, but... But what, like there, there's like this, like okay, well, why, why isn't my tablet running the same software as my computer or other people's computers? Like, there's yeah. no, there's like no compatibility. So yeah. There's, there's some, some compatibility, but it's, it's, it's a different operating system. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're on a Surface Book or a, a Surface, yeah, it's like your computer is a tablet. It's it's phenomenal, and the Surface and, Book is the same and, size as my MacBook. And I think there's going to be, I think Apple's going to be losing sales both in tablets. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Whoa. Um, both both on the the iPad side and the computer side, as people say, "Hey, I can just get one thing." Yeah. Um, and it, and it works like. And I think where where other manufacturers. And the reason why Microsoft is, like, forced to say, okay, we're going to make hardware and do this right is, you know, none of the other manufacturers get it. And then they might get some of it right, but Microsoft, like, executed on the hardware side, amazing. Um, Just very, very impressed. Have you ever used a service book or at least looked at one? Yes. Yes. They're really nice. They, They are so nice. The build quality is is really good. Like, I took the screen off four or five or six times while I was there, and it's really good build quality. Like, like, like perfect. Um, yeah. I don't know how that would hold up over a year of doing that, but whatever the, whatever they're doing, um, in terms of their 
hard work quality process and like spending the extra money to make sure that everything that goes out to the public is, is the best stuff. Um, very, very, very impressive. Um, yeah. It's like, I, I routinely go into Best Buy just, just to see like, Oh, what, what's, what are the different hardware manufacturers putting out and, you know, what are the new yeah. phones on the market and all that kind of stuff. Um, and w- without, like, without fail, um, I used to go and like try the new Macs and, oh, okay, whatever. But now it's, I'm going and just playing with the, the surface. Like that's, that's what I'll do. I'll like, oh, browse through the other section quickly and then just go, go play on, on the, on a surface because that's like, that's my next computer. My, my next laptop is, is going to be a, a service book. Is it really? And when do you think you're going to do that? Um, probably 2017 sometime. Okay. Unless, unless I get a contract that forces me to, um, yeah. to upgrade early. Um, so this is interesting. I don't know. Um, so a couple things lead to this. Like normally I could not switch platforms. I've spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars on software that all run on my Mac and iOS and everything. Um, I think one thing that would hold me back is being able to move my photo library. But I think what I'll do is I'll leave my MacBook intact and use that for a while with just my photos, just for a little while until I figure out how to move everything. But my photo library is a very big, like it's, 200 gigabytes or more, 250 some gigabytes or more of, of stuff. And it's in Apple's library app. And I don't know how to switch. I don't know. I I have to, I'm going to probably, con- I, I might even call Microsoft. Like that sounds crazy, but I might even call Microsoft and be like, how do I move this? You know? Um, because I just don't know how to do that. Um, I think all my hard drives are, are like the Mac FS, you know, journaled, like, I'm sure, I'm sure, though, that, that Windows can read that, that file system. I just don't know. So there's a few things I don't know. Yeah, I, I have, uh, just because of my, my switch over to Windows 10, I have a bunch of Mac drives and a bunch of Linux drives, and they're all formatted in different formats. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I have a, you know, basically a drive extension manager kind of thing that deals with all that headache, and it, it, I don't have to worry about it. So, um, it... The software's there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and because so many, so many things are, are, um, now based in the cloud as far as data. So other other than your photos, like, is, is there anything else holding you back? Um, for me to make the complete jump, even on mobile would, would come down to iMessage. I do not use iMessage on my Mac or on my iPad. I only use iMessage, and and I mean I don't even know you don't have an iOS device, but I, iMessage is is Apple's SMS application. But instead of sending SMSs to everybody that has Apple products, it sends an iMessage. Like it's a different, it's the same app, but it's sending a different message. And probably that ninety percent of the people that use these things probably don't even know that it's any different than texting. But the problem is, is that now anybody that texts me using iMessage, I won't get it because I'll be on if I switch my phone, which I don't even know if if Microsoft still does the phone. That's the the thing. I don't think they do. I think they dropped it, right? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure I haven't seen like But right on their homepage, Lumia phone. Right here. I I don't know. I I wouldn't go with um 
a a Windows phone just because just because of you know how their I, I would say how developers work and and that you sure Microsoft has a ton of money and can just pay pay for access yeah. pay for people to you know hey we want a Windows Phone version of your app here's a million dollars like yeah like they have the money to do that um, but being being on a, a second class platform right now is like the app situation is bad and like yes I can I you know it's it's I mean that that's like one is like dealing with that headache over and over and over again, but also um, kind of like canary in the coal mine. But one of my key um, friends that's been a windows developer for a long time and like was like singing the praises of windows phone. uh, He just switched over to an Android phone. So um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I I don't know if it was just like personal or for work or or for whatever, but you know, he's, he's like, 100% 100% Windows developer went to school to become a Windows developer, et cetera, et cetera, and he's now on Android. So, um, Canary and Coal Mine, that's, you know, I was like, okay, well, maybe maybe Windows Phone is not here to stay. Yeah. Okay, so we, we've resolved the fact that the, the Surface Book. I mean, the fact that it's 30%, it's like lightning faster than the MacBook, let's put it that way. It is. It has 16-hour battery life as opposed to 10 with the MacBook. It has a detachable screen. The build factor is as good, if not, I wouldn't say better than a MacBook, because a MacBook is tight. I mean, a MacBook's build quality is phenomenal, but the um, but the Surface is, is on par. Uh I would say they're they're in the running now. Did you see that the Microsoft is doing a trade in? So if I if I trade my MacBook in, I get six hundred and fifty dollars towards the 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 Surface Book. Yeah, and I mean I would say that's that's an up to six hundred and fifty dollars, depending yeah. on how oh, actually, yeah, depending on how new or old your your device is. But um, I, I think that's um, I mean it's it's a good you know people have been doing that with phones. Oh, you know, trade in your Samsung mm-hmm. to get an iPhone, trading your iPhone to get a Samsung. I think it's a it's a good play. The you know the devices sell well on the secondhand market, so you know it's not like they're going to be actually out the money. Um, and um, I mean, maybe if they're they're really going for the marketing kill uh, kill shot or whatever, they'll take all these devices and build a bonfire and and you know <laughs> you know or maybe do something environmentally friendly or something. I don't know. Like ship them, ship them off to space, and say, you know, you know, people on Pluto can <laughs> can use these when they get there. Um, okay, so, and also the Surface Studio we know is is amazing. And if anybody, if anybody that's still listening, you know, or into this, has not gone and watched uh, Microsoft's either either their YouTube videos on it or even their presentation that they did, uh, I would so say go what, give it a shot. What led your decision between the Surface Book and the Surface Pro? Okay. Um, I, I, have you used both of them? I've I've toyed yeah, you, with just play, play with them. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Surface Book for me 
is, first of all, it's not just a Surface 4 or Surface Pro attached to a keyboard. It is different specs, and it is um, bigger, right? So it's it's the almost I think to the to the millimeter I think it's the same size as my MacBook screen, like it's thirteen point five or something like that. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm just looking right now. The the Surface Pro is like twelve point something, twelve point yeah. two, and then the the Surface Book. Is a, yeah. thir- is a 13.5. Right. So in laptop mode, it is what I'm very used to. Okay. Okay. So that's one That's one thing. The other thing is the Surface Book with that, um, when it connects to that Surface Book keyboard, it, the Surface Book keyboard has a big battery in it. Um, and so I think that's what gives you the 16 hours. Yeah. I don't think it would have 16 hours um, when it's just in headless or in head mode or whatever you want to call that, tablet mode. I don't think. Um, I actually don't know. And then the other thing is, is because when you plug into that keyboard, you get the USB, the SD card reader. You get two two or three USBs. You get DisplayPort, so you don't have to buy, like, a dongle or anything like that. So I can, I can you know what I mean? I can plug it right in. I can plug it, I think, I, I might be completely wrong, but I think I can plug it right into my monitor that I have from Apple. But I'm not positive because it's a DisplayPort, and that's the same thing, I think. I'm not positive. I would love to try that, though. Yeah, mini mini display port. I think you should yep. be good. Yep. So so that's really interesting. Um, I don't have to buy another display, at least at home. At work, I will. But um, so anyway, the the uh, the service book seems like the way to go there. I don't I don't just want a tablet, and I don't want to use that other keyboard. Um, even though I can use any keyboard with it, it just, it feels way more tablet-like than it does laptop-like, and I'm still, like, a laptop person. However, when I unplug it, I still get a, I still get a tablet. It's, right, and that, that's, that's like the, it's like, oh, hey, I got, I got a new, I got a new laptop. Oh, by the way, also, yeah. when, I, when I want a tablet, I can have it. And Here's the other thing it's that, the same, that, it's like, it's the same computer, it's not like, oh, now I have to go yeah. install a whole bunch of new software, I gotta, you know, like. Figure, figure, you know, install new accounts, email accounts, sync my. No, there's, it's, it's the same device. Yep. When, when I was in Best Buy uh, last night looking at the surfaces, um, I, I was talking to this one guy and he was walking me through a few things, and then he had to go unlock something for somebody, and I ended up with another uh, younger guy, and. He was like, "It's so awesome to have someone in here that gives a crap about what they're buying." He said, so many people just walk in and buy, like, whatever they, like, they almost kind of, like, you know how you go to the grocery store and you know you need milk, so you just walk right to the milk, you grab the milk, and you walk out. That's how a lot of people are buying computers nowadays, where they just walk in, and, and, I, and I have to say that I would be, for the last few years, I'd be kind of guilty of that. I would just go get whatever the latest MacBook is and, and walk out with a box. But now, I mean, I was going around, I'm like, can you unplug that? Can you do this? Can you, like, plug this into this? Can Like, how do you, what if I throw it against the wall? What does it do? Like, I was, you know, and he was like, holy cow, you know. And one thing I did notice, and this is uh, Apple, complete Apple enthusiasts may not appreciate this, um, and they may they may even think I'm crazy, but... When you walk in and you say, I want a Windows 10 machine, and you're in a, in a normal Best Buy in Scranton, Pennsylvania, there is a hundred options. And that could be bad. Some people think that that's bad. But there was a $200 laptop and a $3,200 laptop. 
that both ran Windows 10. There was, they have a little USB stick that you plug into a TV that runs Windows 10. I mean, they have everything. And I'm kind of getting to the point where I want more options than Apple choosing all of them for me, even though I thought for, and the reason is, is because for years they were making the right ones. It was like so, it was like a laser guided missile um, to my wants and needs, and they hit it every time, and now they're not. They get thinner and thinner and thinner and lighter, and all I want is more storage, more storage, more storage, and more processing. And battery life. And battery life. And every single time they come out with a new one, uh, hey, guys, we made it uh, 15% thinner. I'm like, I've never wanted thinner. That's me. I'm not flying on a plane every day. But who really needs something 15% thinner than a MacBook Air? I don't understand that. There's no one in the world that needs that. There's no one in the world, unless you live in a closet and you only have, you know, 15 cubic feet of your life that you can possibly take up. I just don't understand why, and he was like, you know, Phil Schiller was talking about the volume of the thing, like, that matters. I don't understand. I really don't understand. It's grasping at straws. Like, I I don't know if you saw the new um, Tron film that came out a few years ago. It's the the, the sequel to the 1980s Tron film. And they, in the beginning of it, to to not spoil it for anyone, because you should go watch it, um, in the beginning of it, there's a board meeting in this uh, operating system company, and they've been kind of just sitting on and resting on their laurels, and they it comes out that the next version of their operating system doesn't actually have any changes. They just change the number. And, <laughs> yep. and, and you know, so, like, all of their marketing and everything is, they're just basically just making stuff up, like, you know, oh, the, the volume is 10% less. It's like, Okay, really? That that's the core, like the thing that you're pitching us on. So I I definitely like the past you know year or two years or three years I've been been in that mindset of like okay, yeah, Apple's Apple has been you know trying new things and doing different things, but um, Apple computer the computers that they've been coming out with they there's been there's been nothing for me. Mm-hmm. So. It's an interesting world, trust me. When I, I, I told the guy in Best Buy this last night, when 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 I saw the Mac switch to a Unix-based operating system, and then I saw Steve Jobs debut the 17-inch iMac that was a upside-down bowl, like cereal bowl, with a floating screen, I knew I was switching to Mac, and I was on a Windows for 14, uh, 12 or 14 years prior to that. And I, you know, literally sold all my stuff that I had and bought Mac, and I've been on Mac ever since. I've moved all of my companies to Mac. I've bought tens and tens of thousands of dollars worth of Macs for my employees, and my family members are all on Mac because I've asked them to be. So I'm, like, literally the turncoat. I am a turncoat at this point if I switch to Windows, and I'm still very much considering it and I'm 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 90% certain that I'm at least going to take home a service book for the 14 day trial because at at Best Buy you can have it for 14 days and bring it back so um, I'm definitely going to do that because I'm going to see if I can get some of my data over to it and mess around I'm going to see if I can build a website <laughs> or whatever I'm working on at the time with it you know a couple couple different things but um, if I can do those things then I'm going to I'm going to bite the bullet because I think in I think if I bet on it now 
three years from now, I'll be right. So it may not be perfect right now. It may not be like, oh, everybody that's on Mac should switch to Windows. But I think in three years, I might be right. Like three years from now, it might be like, of course we should have. Yeah. And and I don't know if I'm going to be right or not, but I'm gonna, I'm willing to put. I think the service book is thirty three hundred dollars. I'm put, willing to put thirty three hundred dollars on it. Yeah, it's. I, I I think the the thing that seals the, seals the deal for a lot of people in terms of switching 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 back to Windows is their their like their Linux outreach and and doing everything they can to make Windows as compatible with. Linux developers as possible, yeah. Um, and because I know a lot of people like they don't, they're not using their their Apple laptop for for anything other than Unix. Like they just open up a shell and and start you know going to work, and and have, having that Unix base has been huge because you know all of the you know. Linux software and, and Unix software, just it, it works. It works. On, you know, it might take some take some time to get your environment set up and everything, but it, it works. And you can kind of use the same commands and all that kind of stuff. And when you know, with with Microsoft actually working on improving their compatibility, and rather than having this like we're going to fight all the other operating systems, um, I, I think. I, th- I think that's going to be huge in terms of like, yeah, it may look really good and it might be like, wow, this is a great device. But you know, if they can't use it for their work, or you know, if they don't make it easy for people to use it for their work, then people won't. And I think Microsoft gets that. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, last thing that we're going to talk about. So, so I. I don't even want to talk about the MacBooks and the Touch Bar stuff. I think that people can watch it, but I just don't. It is definitely. Let's put it this way: it's cool, but it is nothing special. Um, I think it will. I think it's something that people will talk about for a while. People, some people will enjoy it, but it is not a revolution by any sense. It is not the next multi-touch surface. It is not the mouse. It is not Siri. Uh, so, so it's not that exciting to me, but. Um, we'll see. Uh, I could be wrong on that. The Apple TV, you, do you have an Apple TV? I don't. Yeah, so we're not even going to talk about it because I don't have the latest Apple TV either. Um, there was some updates to that as far as being able to watch your TV on TV, but yeah. who cares? I think every everybody I know that had an Apple TV either has um, Chromecast or a Roku. Like, as, as much as other people try, like, I don't really. I know people that have the Amazon Fire Stick sitting in a box somewhere. Yeah. You know, but the, like they either have the Roku or they have a Chromecast, and yep. that's. I mean, it's it's a you know ten, twenty dollar device, thirty dollar device, and and it works. Did you see? The, um, so when I was looking at the service book, right below it, there was these little boxes with like. Uh, it looked like a dongle, right? It looked like a USB to something else. So you, and you I mentioned asked, this, and I saw on Twitter. I I really want to go just like go buy one because you've been you've been talking about this, and I want to see like does this actually work like what you're talking about? What are you talking about? Because I'm the, talking about like, something else. like the like the Windows 10 on a stick where you just plug it in. 
Oh yeah, no, there's definitely that. I've seen those in action. Um, but this thing wasn't that. This was, and maybe it has a piece of Windows 10 on it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, the the guy at Best Buy called it something like. I have to look it up. Maybe Microsoft has it on their website. You you plug it into your HDMI port on your TV, and you plug it into a USB on your TV, I think, to give it power or something like that. I'm not exactly sure how that works. But it lets you cast anything in your in your on your Windows ecosystem up onto your TV. So like a Chromecast. But it's like it was like ten dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness. I don't even know what it's called. I'm going to look that up. I'll look that up for next time. Maybe we'll bring it up. Hey, maybe, well, November 10th. So within two weeks, maybe I'll be able to talk about Service Book a little bit more because I might have one. Um, The last thing is, and I only have maybe 15 to 20 minutes to talk about this, is um, the Tesla announcements of a solar roof. Uh, I'll let you take it away there. Do you want to talk about it at all? Yeah, I... I was very curious when I saw that Tesla was merging or buying um, SolarCity, and I was like, uh, that it didn't, like, I was like, okay, like, sure, it, that this, this helps Elon, <laughs> like, and his, right. his, his financial scheming, because to, <laughs> he himself and, and SpaceX and Tesla all own shares of each other in this, like, weird thing. And so, like, consolidating this, okay, that makes sense. Like, you can just write each other's bonds off. Like, okay. But, um, I, like, it didn't really make sense for me. And even seeing this still doesn't really make sense for me. But, um, I think it's very, very cool. And so Tesla came out with this, it's like, it's a solar roof and it's like shingles, like solar shingles rather than like these giant solar panels. And I think that's, I mean, that's amazing, mind blowing that like, that the technology is at that point and that, that it's not like, oh, I, I know they've been able to do this and people have tried to do this before, but like with a complete loss of efficiency, like, like before it was, it was like 10% of a traditional solar panel. And I think these are like 95 or 98% of a traditional solar panel. So, um, that's, that's huge, like a huge technology improvement. And I can kind of see how you like combining with, with like a power wall and like being able to charge, like, have some situation of charging your, your Tesla, you know, Tesla to charge your Tesla at home. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I kind of see this like the, it, it's a very niche product and. Really? And I, I, I feel like it's like, okay, so it's, it's useful if you like, if you buy into the whole package, if you yeah. buy into, you know, you, you have a Tesla you own a home. You're gonna get your you're gonna get your house reshingled. Um, you know you're getting your roof redone. Yes, I'm 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 all in on on solar technology. I'm all in on having um, you know an 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 internal power source that can charge and 
charge my car and kind of like have this all-in-one package thing. Um, I think that's great. I think that's very, very niche right now. Why do you think that's... Why do you think that's not something that everybody would want? Well, I think everybody would want this. I think... <laughs> I mean, hey, who... Who doesn't want a house that you own with, you know, like, who doesn't, who doesn't want these things? I just think that, like, their, their market is very small in terms of, um, willing and able to buy. Yeah. Um, and, like, my experience with people that are homeowners is that, like, their roof is, like, the thing, it's, like, a huge expense. And it's, like, okay, every... 10, 15 years, and they'll try to stretch it out to 20 or 25. Like, yeah. like their roof is like, they don't want to, like, it's, it's, it's one, it's a huge expense. Yeah. And then, and then two, it's like, okay, I just, you know, got this mortgage for anywhere from 200 to <laughs> sky's yeah. the limit for houses, but, you know, they, they have this mortgage payment and it's like, okay, I just made this huge purchase and I'm a huge chunk of my, my paycheck is going towards this. It better, it better be good for the next 30 years that I'm, that I'm paying into it. Um, and I know people do, you know, like whatever financing schemes and like solar city, you know, you just solar city owns the panels, but like, that doesn't really work when it's your roof. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, maybe maybe it's just like adding to your adding to your mortgage, and then you know maybe it's like thirty bucks a month more. But well, no matter what, it's a big expense. It's, so it's, 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 like... a, it's a huge huge expense, and then on top of that, like, okay, solar panels, yeah, it's like an add on, but like you're like changing dramatically changing your roof. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think that that they're going to have to have, um, you know, I feel like this is like the Tesla Roadster, you know. No, nah, so it's not quite that. And the reason why it's not quite that is because they're saying that, like, over over the course of, let's say, the 10-year lifespan of a normal roof, or I think some a lot of them are rated like 25 years, but, like, the, the lifespan of a roof, this will cost less. It will according to their website and I don't know the exact prices of things and I'm sure that it's just a way of saying like it's going to be really close let's put it that way but you know you're going to save money if you're never drawing on power ever um like if you have the power wall which is only five grand which is not a lot um and if it gets down to four and like imagine the future when it's down to four and three and two or whatever it's going to be uh five grand is is a heck of a price for something that can power your house all day um you know, you can imagine if they get down to three, you can buy two for the price of one. And now you have two days of potentially power. Uh, and even more so when the power grid goes out, which around here happens. It happens quite a bit. Like when we have ice storms and different things and, and a, a tree falls some random place, uh, you know, our power's out uh, until they fix that tree. Um, and so now with this, you wouldn't even have that. So I think it's not niche. I just think that a lot of people won't understand the math for a little while. 
like the math won't make sense to somebody like, oh, well, if I pay that now, I'll make it up in eight years. Um, they may not be able to do that because a lot of people don't do that anyway um, with with other things that could potentially save them money over that amount of time. Um, so so I think that until the math is completely clear to somebody where they can go click, click and, and, and get it. Plus, if I ordered one right now, how long is it going to take before there's someone that even knows how to install that on my roof? Like that's the other thing too is that I can call nine roofers right now, 50 roofers right now. Yeah. Um, uh, how many can install this? Zero right now. So, um, there's that's, there's going to be like I, I just think that it's it's going to be like the the roadster in that. You know, if you brought your Tesla Roadster to any of the mechanics or anything, like no, it's it's going to be Tesla that that fixes your Roadster. Yeah. Um. And so I I just think that it's very very narrow. Like this is a great example of why I think like Tesla would be great merged with or Tesla running on top of Ford in that just yeah. like the economy of scale. Um. Yep. You know, Tesla says, all right, we're going to retrain or train all of our Ford certified. To be Ford certified, you have to be Tesla certified as well. Boom. Mm-hmm. You know, an extra extra training course or, you know, extra week of training courses for to, to be able to be qualified as a, as a Ford mechanic or Ford whatever, you have to be able to be trained and work on Tesla cars. What... Like what? What work does Tesla cars need? I, I don't really know, but <laughs> that that was like the the pitch um, that that I heard was that like you don't, like you don't ever have to take your car in ever. Yeah, but um, I bet it's a little different with your roof. You know, you have to get it installed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I I do agree, and that, like that's where I see like the biggest value in Powerwall and like solar and, and all of that is like kind of like the, the off grid situations. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of people that are, that are off grid already have their yeah. own, they already have their own Powerwall. They already have, um, you know, some sort of solar or wind or, you know, like they're generating their own electricity and in, in some form. And this makes, you know, it's a little bit, more commercialized and at hopefully at some point mass manufactured to the point where costs can come down. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm impressed with what it is. I don't know how successful they will be with it. Yes. That's, that's basically how I, how I see this. Um, and there's certain markets thing. though, that I really think that like the fact that there was X number of tens of thousands of people that pre-ordered Tesla's, that means there's some people out there that, that, are going to do this, they would click a button on the website to buy it. And so there is some number of those and, and, and that might be big enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I think one, you know, because they're going to be selling global. I, I think a lot of the, um, Middle Eastern companies and like, I, I can see this selling very, very well in Dubai. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and and maybe countries where they they have a ton of sun but a less reliable grid. Um, definitely, definitely could see. You know, it could be 
very, very successful. It's going to be interesting. And, and that's, that, that's the other thing, you know, I'm like, I'm seeing this from like a very suburban U.S. viewpoint when really their customer bases, their, their potential customers are global. And so, you know, um, I, I think that's, that's the other thing to think about is that, you know, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out as far as the market goes. But as far as the, the creation of it and, and the way it looks and the presentation and and the demo that they did and the fact that uh, they answered all of the questions that someone would have, like, um, hey, well, h- how much is this thing going to cost? Um, the next thing would be uh, how efficient is it in comparison to the other stuff, even though it's uglier? And they answered that. And, and and will it break because you made everything out of glass? And they answered that. So if you watch the live stream, I mean, it's pretty compelling. I can't think of a reason not to get this except that you don't get you don't get it. You don't get the, the you know, you can't wait, number one, let's say. You know, let, let's say that you, that you want something like this and it's going to take a year to get it. Uh, you may not be able to wait that long. So that's one thing. Like, let's say you're selling your home and the, one of the requisites is that you have to have a brand new roof on it. Well, you're not going to wait. Um, so, and if you're shopping by price, you probably can't do it. If you're shopping by price alone, like in other words, you know, the difference between an $8,000 roof and an $18,000 roof or whatever this is going to be, this is probably, I'm, I'm guessing on a normal home, it's probably going to be maybe 25000 or 30000 I don't know. Yeah, I, I think like the, you know, w- without the incentives or government incentives or whatever, like, and you... Whether, whether those stay around or not, you know, and w- which area you're in. But I, I think, like, the previous stuff that they were doing was anywhere from twenty to 30000 um, like, the all-in cost. So I'm, I'm sure this will be around that. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, th- like you said, that that's it's, – it's a, it's a huge difference if you're shopping on price when just comparing roofs. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Okay, so quickly, um, feature of the week for Danny that you like this week. Oh boy, um, <laughs> charging port on the airplane. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I, Was it USB or just like a, a, a electric outlet? Both, both together. Nice. Um, so that was I. I was thinking because I saw like just like the standard charging. Uh, outlet and it's like rummaging through and then I saw oh hey there's a USB port as well um so I got my phone charged because I had been using it um and took an early morning flight and in the taxi and all over the place in in LA and then um got on the plane and I had 5% battery left and then when I got off the plane 100% so that was that was kind of like a hey like, this is an obvious feature. Why didn't they have this from the get-go? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, the one I have this week is not all that practical, um, and maybe no one will ever even notice it. And maybe next, maybe not next week, but maybe the week after that, I'll start having Windows ones. But Because um, uh, I have a couple Windows 10 ones already, just based on me going to Best Buy last night, but we'll see. Uh, in the future, I may have more. Um Yesterday, I went hiking with uh, someone I met um, 
over the last few conferences in our area, I, I met this guy that's a videographer and, and he teaches at a local university about uh, developing video and audio and stuff. And we, when he was at a conference recently, he was using a 360 camera. I can't remember the name of it right now. Osmo, maybe, but I'm, I'm not positive on that. But it was a 360 camera. And um, uh, I, I really wanted to fool around with it. So I was fooling around with it at the conference, but then I was like, man, we got to get together and, and really fool around with this thing someday because I'm kind of interested in like just all the different ways we could probably use it. So I met him yesterday at a state park, and we were um, we went for like a two-and-a-half, three-mile hike and played around with – I we rubber banded it to my drone and flew it way up in the air and, and tried different things with it. And one of the, the features about it that I'm going to say is my favorite thing about it that I didn't realize until we really started messing with it is it removes itself from the image. So it's a 360 camera that you can see the entire world, but even when we attached it to my drone, in the video of the, the UAV or the drone flying around, you can see everything and everywhere and down to the ground and up to the sky and everything that's around, but you can't see it physically. And, and, and by what I, so imagine this, the bottom of a drone, the, it, this thing kind of looks like a candy bar shape, uh, with the camera at one end of it. It's a candy bar shape. And imagine rubber banding a candy bar to the bottom of a drone, but in the shot, you can see the bottom of the drone, the whole bottom of the drone somehow, even though this thing is physically, you know, sandwiched to right. the bottom of it. Um, and I was like, that blows me away a little bit. I don't even know if they did it on purpose or whatever, but I was like, you can have a 360 camera. It's also designed to remove it, like if you put it on a single pod, very slim tripod, and put it right in the middle of a, of a situation. It, it even removes that whole pole, like all the way to the ground. That so, is really cool. That is really cool, and and uh, I was kind of blown away when I saw the footage afterwards, and it took me a minute to realize that I wasn't seeing the camera in the shot, but I was still seeing every, like I was seeing the full drone flying in midair, but I wasn't seeing the camera. I was like, wow, how is this? It, it, it literally looks like sorcery when you're, when you're watching it. Thanks to the modern magic of technology. It's really crazy. It was really crazy. So we had fun playing with that. Cool. Yeah. All right. So maybe next week we can, you know, maybe over the next few weeks we might start start talking about Windows, which I'm sure that means that everybody that's listening to this now may stop listening to it, or they will they will look they've, back at this they've already gone out and bought their uh, their Surface Book. <laughs> maybe. Well, uh, I will say this that. In three years, maybe you and I can point back to this and see, say, see, you know, Apple lost their way right around, I think they lost their way right around two years ago. Um, I think some of the things that they're doing now uh, are obviously a result of what they've been working on for two or three or maybe even four years in some in some things that they're doing. Or not so, working. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I really, and but at the same time, I do think that um, Apple is also a, the type of company that, when they are doing something wrong, they make an adjustment. So maybe in, in a year and a half or two years, we will see a, a radical change to like, okay, guys, we added an inch to the MacBook, but it gets a lot of battery life. Like they might do stuff like that. Um, but we'll see. I think when Johnny Ive retires, 
that will be a huge, huge, huge. I mean, that, their stock's probably going to plummet when that happens. But I think that when Johnny I retires, it might be a good thing. I don't know yet. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have a seat. Yeah. All right, man. Have a good.